What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. And we are rocking and rolling here on Fantasy Football Today, talking about the circle of trust. Which players are in the circle of trust? Guys, I coined the circle of trust, uh, I don't know, about 20 years ago, something like that. Um, Just, uh, you know, I'm going to take credit for this one. So circle of trust, this means which players uh, are, are we, you know, basically we just put them in our lineups. Of course, I don't you want to coin circle uh, of trust. It was a bad joke. I don't want to get sued. I didn't coin it, but obviously we didn't. You were a teenager yeah. and you coined a term <laughs> and that's the term you coined. Did I ever tell you about the time I invented Netflix? No. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I said, man, I don't understand why video stores don't just deliver. I went on this. I talked about this all the time. I never said it to anyone influential, but I could have started Netflix before. Netflix I wonder started. if someone heard you like at a, at a restaurant or something say that, and they were like, "That's a brilliant idea, weird wolf child." <laughs> and then like they ran off and started Netflix. <laughs> Probably, you're welcome, Netflix people. All right, that's Dave. I'm Adam. We've got uh, the circle of trust for all four positions. Well, I'd see if we'll get to it. We got the fantasy cops. We've got Thursday night football, a really interesting game in terms of starts and sits. So we don't know who's playing, and uh, mm-hmm. some of some Great. of the matchups are tough. No. And you've heard from Dave. Hey, Heath. I was just trying to find the origin of the circle of trust. Meet the parents is the origin. Well, I don't that I don't believe that that was where the circle of trusts the whole idea of it originated. Oh, I do. Really? But go ahead, investigate. It uh, never yeah. was spoken or discussed. No, it was before definitely that. an idea before that. I'm pretty uh, sure there was some sort of circle of trust for Watergate, and that circle got smashed up. No, the circle of trust started to beat the parents. I'm very confident about that. Here's your stat of the day. Uh, I just wanted okay. to see where do the top 12 wide receivers rank in terms of where do their offenses rank, where they're scoring offenses. Um, so the top 12 wide receivers, 
10 the of current top 12 yeah. right receipt yeah. wide, wide receivers yeah uh 10 of the top 12 are on offenses that rank in the top 15 in scoring i talked about this a lot in the preseason this correlation between top 12 receivers and being on at least not bad offenses very few of them are on offenses that rank 20th or worse but i'll tell you who does number one <laughs> cooper cup the rams are 29th in scoring i think he is the Rams offense. And he is number one. Everyone else in the top 11 is on a top 15 offense. Debo Samuel is on the number 28 offense in scoring right now, and he's wide receiver 12. But I think... I, I think... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That, that's an excellent point in that, like, the Rams are the 29th offense right now. The 49ers are the 28th offense right now. Um, The Falcons currently rank 8th. The Lions are first. So, like, are those offenses going to be top 15 rest of season? Like, it doesn't surprise me looking backwards that we can say the teams that scored points had players who did well in fantasy. Mm -hmm. What does it tell us moving forward? Yeah. Uh, I brought it up because... the Seahawks rank, by the way? uh, 11th. Oh, my gosh. Right. And, And, I mean, I brought that up because... It, the position is very heavily correlated to uh, to wide receivers, I think, more so than running backs, heavily correlated to uh, offensive success. And I think that you have to consider that when you're looking to buy low and sell high. What kind of offense are these teams on? That, that's why I, that was the way I'm looking at it. And do you think the Seahawks are going to be a top 15 offense or 20 offense even? Um, as the, I don't know. I don't know. That's just why I, I don't know if anybody up. thought that two months ago. Yeah. I don't. I still don't. No, think so. no, I do not think the Seahawks are going to be a top fifteen offense. Right. So, what does that mean for Lockett and Metcalf? Are they in the circle of trust? They are not. Oh, they are temporarily. Okay. Like they're standing on the line. Okay. Yeah, right. you see, that's the that's the thing. You're right. Like if you're when you get kicked out of the circle of trust, you can't just have a good game and then you're back in the. That's not the way the circle of trust works. It's got to be uh, built sure. on trust. <laughs> Hence. And, and it's a circle. <laughs> you're in it or you're out of it. That's you know, right. I love how you can explain things and break it down for the layman out there. Thank, thanks, Dave. All right. Well, it's something to consider going forward. Uh, so I'm going to read an email here, a content-inspiring email. I want to talk about two-for-one trades. This one is from Nick. It's in half PPR. We can speak about this one specifically, but broaden it out to just generally two-for-one trades. Are they a good idea? Would you trade away J.K. Dobbins and Miles Sanders for Christian McCaffrey in a half, P- half PPR league? Uh, yeah. yeah. I would. Okay. It's a little risky, though. And I, I wonder if this is the time to make two-for-one trades when you have so much season left. And your team, yeah, it might look great on paper, but what happens if there's an injury? You know, uh, can you navigate through with if you make these types of trades? Do you have to make sure you can navigate through rough stretches with injuries and bye weeks and those types of things, or do you wait until later in the year when your team is more solidified to make these two for ones? It's better to do two for one trades later in the year. It's more difficult to do two for one trades later in the year because a third of the league's probably either not trying or shouldn't be making trades because they're not in condition any longer. Agreed. So if you have the opportunity to make a trade like this, do it while you can, because there's no guarantee two weeks from now, who knows which of these three players are even going to be healthy. 
we literally just named three of the the players with significant injury risk at the running back position, like elevated compared to, you know, every running back is, is elevated, but these guys more so. I think you take this deal while you can. Do you think McCaffrey is that much better than Sanders and Dobbins combined? Yeah, yeah here's the thing. If you if you don't consider the spot that you'll have to fill because you're getting a two for one, I, I think it's worth it. Because Sanders and Dobbins by themselves will probably outscore Christian McCaffrey, or at least average out to score more than Christian McCaffrey on a week-to-week basis. They crushed him last week. And next week it could be totally different. McCaffrey could be great and those two guys could stink. But you're going to get a, you will theoretically have another player that you'll have in mind when you agree to this trade or when you make this offer of the trade. I don't know which way it went for this deal. But that player's value now goes into your lineup and you, you get those points too. And whereas you might not have been able to start that player before because you had Dobbins and Sanders already in your lineup. This looks to me like more like a deal where you're trading guys who were. Or at least one of whom was is on your bench. Like, there's another starting running back already on this team. Is that exactly. is that a prerequisite though? I guess uh, if you're going to make this type of trade, well, you it, need to have a, another starter to replace the starter you're trading. If you're trading two starters away, right? But if that starter is you know Chase Edmonds, would you do that? Who am I replacing with? Well, you have okay. You no, you're, your running backs are Dobbins, Sanders, and Chase Edmonds. You just traded Dobbins and Sanders for McCaffrey, so now you have to start Chase Edmonds. Well, I've been starting Chase Edmonds. No, so you've been starting. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, but he sucks. You, you don't want to start Chase Edmonds, right? I mean, <laughs> then you're making the wrong type of deal. You should be trying to pair Edmonds with one of those running backs. But you can't for do a that. different running back. You can't get McCaffrey, but you can get a different player, maybe yeah. Mixon. Edmonds nah, has no value. Yeah, yeah. I guess I but, just wanted to know how you approach two for ones, Heath. I I like two for ones when I am getting the one. Most I don't mind two for ones when I'm getting the two if my team is in trouble. I've got an 0-4 squad. I, I hate to admit it, and I've talked about it before. But I, I need I need depth and I need starters. I need winners. So I'm trying to trade one of my best players for two really good players. Yeah. And that way I, I'm doing the opposite of what we talked about. Now I'm trying to get players out of my lineup who are currently in my lineup. Thank you, Richie James, for your negative <laughs> half point contribution last week. Oh yeah. I still like him, by the way, but I don't want to start him. All right. We've got a DFS podcast for you, fantasy football today, DFS, Tuesdays at six PM Eastern, Thursdays at five PM Eastern. They record live. And you can see that on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. You can see all of our podcasts and our live streams at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Uh, but Tuesday at six PM, Thursday at five PM Eastern time. See Najad and Mike McClure are on there with Frank Stamfel. And that's the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. And if you can't watch it live, just download it, listen to it like any other podcast. Uh, let's go through some news and notes, and then we'll get into the circle of trust. Jonathan Taylor did not practice. We are going to uh, talk about this game in a little bit, but Taylor did not practice. Their defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, practiced in full, which is a good sign, although it's a bad sign for Melvin Gordon. Russell Wilson is optimistic he'll play, and their offensive coordinator for the Broncos, Justin Outen, said that Melvin Gordon would carry the load, obviously. And he also mentioned getting Mike Boone in there. Latavius Murray seems unlikely to play this week. But, uh, you know, they're going to go back to Melvin Gordon, and it's his job to lose, it seems. Dak Prescott's grip on the football is not good enough for him to be playing right now. They're at the Rams this week. You should expect Cooper Rush. Gus, let's talk about the Ravens for a second here, guys. Gus Edwards was designated, designated to return from IR, so he has three weeks to be activated now. 
They play Cincinnati on Sunday night. Last week was maybe the first game where Dobbins was really... It was Dobbins' second game, but it was the most run-heavy they had been all year. The Ravens have thrown 29 to 30 passes in all four games, and they're running back carries in four games, 15, 15, 13, and 22. Um, Did coincide with much more time of possession than they've had all year. They had 38 minutes of possession, but still, they were much more, you know, just look at the percentages, much more run-heavy. Um... They also lost a 17-point lead in this game or something like that, 14-point, whatever it was. Uh, I guess I'm wondering here, Mark Andrews had a terrible game. Are they going to go back to ground and pound? They've, they've blown two, three-score leads in the fourth quarter already. Are they going to, or second half, I'm sorry, I might be a little off on that. They're going to go back to the old Ravens identity, Heath, which would be bad for Mark Andrews in theory. We're always looking for that next boogeyman to to stop Mark Andrews from being a top two tight end. Um, no, I I like I think they probably will go more rush heavy, but they don't have any good wide receivers. So Mark Andrews is going to dominate targets. He's going to see ten targets a game. He's going to be a top two tight end. I have no concern. Okay, uh, this is what Jamison Hensley, ESPN's beat reporter for the Ravens, said about J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins should still be considered a risky fantasy play because he hasn't fully recovered from last season's devastating knee injury. He doesn't have the same burst and is averaging 3.2 yards per carry, which is nearly half of his output in his rookie season. Dobbins, though, will get the majority of the touches in Baltimore's backfield, especially after, uh, he's talking, I think, before Gus Edwards comes back, but blah, blah, blah. Dobbins will provide inconsistent production because he has yet to show he can break long runs. Okay. Kenny Pickett's going to start. Good luck at Buffalo this week. The Giants are hopeful to get Kadarius Tony and Wandell Robinson back this week. They have a London game against Green Bay, and they will not have Kenny Galladay. He has a sprained knee. The 49ers. Oh, that's going to slow him down. <laughs> the 49ers left tackle Colt McKivitz is out for a while with a sprained MCL. He's filling in for Trent Williams, so they will be on their third string left tackle. And they. Might not have Eric Armstead, a starting defensive lineman for them. He's been dealing with some foot and ankle injuries, and he played through it, tried to play through it in week four, and he had to leave early. Good news for the Eagles. Three key injuries. None of them seem serious. Don't know about their statuses for this week. That would be two starting offensive linemen, Jordan Maialata and Isaac Sayamalo, Sayamalo and cornerback Darius Slay. So these are injuries we'll be tracking. All right, let's get the circle of trust out. Look at this cool graphic that Shafee T created. Look at the FFT circle of trust. I love it. Let's put our ugly mugs on the bottom here. Oh, no, I guess we have to put it on the side. Never mind. Um, all right, we're going to put some quarterbacks on the circle of trust. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow. Are they in the circle of trust? Brady, yeah. yes. That's it, Ooh, Heath? I, I got a feeling Heath's got a higher standard for the circle of trust. Mm. Um, I think Burrow probably is too. I mean, if, if he's I, not, then how many quarterbacks are like six? You know, right. um, that's why Russ is because they're just well, Burrow definitely. To... Yeah, look <laughs> at these guys getting dragged into the circle of trust. I love it. Oh man! All right, so go ahead. Why are you hesitant on Joe Burrow, who has scored? Uh, 22 or more fantasy points in three of four games. I mean, I, th- I said I think he probably is. Um, it's been a, a kind of rough start to the season. He started off week one with four interceptions and week two threw for 199 yards and just one touchdown. 
Um, but he seems to have right, righted yeah. the ship mm-hmm. lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He didn't uh, left it. He did not. Do you, do you think there comes a point where the Bengals coaching staff says, all right, look, we can't run the ball. We struggle with it. It looks bad. We might as well just lean on Burrow. We've got great receivers. Let's let them handle the majority I, of the work. I yeah, I think the problem is that people are playing this this too high shell against them, and mm-hmm. they can't run the ball because they're they're not going to have the ability to th- go throw the ball deep very much. I don't think because they can't protect Burrow long enough, and teams are taking that away. Could yeah. lead to more field goals. I still think you can. I think you can move the ball against cover two pretty easily. It's just what happens when you get near the red area that's when i think things could get a little tighter all right but i so i, he's, I he's could see them there. i could see them trying to figure out a way to beat that you know a good way to beat cover two sometimes is to use the running back out of the backfield as a pass catcher sure use the tight end on the seams we saw hayden Hurst get a nice catch and run early last week so yeah. I, th- I think they can find ways around that they just can't crush it because they're not running the ball as effectively as we thought they would because of the offensive line not being it is, so far. It is amazing. He's averaging what eight more pass attempts per game this year. And is he? Four, is it that many? And fourteen fewer passing yards per game. That's, that's well, yeah. Crazy. I mean, the thing is, his his pass attempts per game were fifty three in week one when they ran ninety plays, played overtime, and thirty six, thirty six, and thirty one in the next three games. And last year he averaged thirty one, right? I'm not sure. If it feels a little low, but uh, maybe. But 36, you know, I could live with that. I'd like to be more than Oh, my gosh. If we range. knew that going into the season, we'd have Burrow ranked much higher. Than 36? Uh, 30, I don't know. I think 36, 36 is what I had projected. Yeah, I don't know if that's so much. I'd like the 38 range would be great. All right. Uh, how about Wilson? Two more per game. Russell Wilson. Uh, I think the injury to Javante Williams is going to help Wilson handle more of the Broncos' offense. I don't have a lot of faith in Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone and Latavius Murray moving forward. And they were struggling. Their offensive lines, uh, it might be in worse shape than Cincinnati's. It's, I think it's close between the two of them. I think Russ is starting to learn that he's got to just be Superman again. And we've seen him play Superman before and be a top six fantasy quarterback. And his receivers, at least his top two receivers are healthy. Uh, Outen talked about getting Okuebunam more involved this week. He thought that this would be a week where he would see more work. And KJ Hamler has been talking about getting him more work. This is all good. The, the, everything's trending in the right direction for Russ, and he, he's coming off of a great game. So I think he's absolutely in the circle of trust. He's he's a must-start quarterback based specifically on the lack of must-start quarterbacks that are available in the fantasy world. But that's my th- whole thing. Is like there's no way I'm putting him in the circle of trust when he's had one basically one good fantasy game this season. Out of four. It's true. He has not thrown for more than 240 yards since week one. Mm-hmm. He's not throwing a bunch of passes like we thought. They're not letting Russ cook. He has one game with more than 33 pass attempts. I just, I think it's possible, and I'm probably starting him this week, but not because I trust him. You know, let's because define, you can't find somebody else you trust more? Let's define the circle of trust. How do you guys view it? What does I don't it mean? really think about it. I'm starting them. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, and I, I would, yeah. And so so let me, okay, from my perspective here, if I had Russell Wilson, I don't really think I'm going to the waiver wire to 
may, you know, maybe I'd get a backup, but I wouldn't feel so inclined. But right now with Matthew Stafford, I'm not really putting him. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I, I definitely felt like I needed a backup. In the one league I had Matthew Stafford, I needed another option. Right, so Stafford is not in the circle of trust. And, and Wilson would not be in mine. All right, how about so? How you, about you're giving Siri? Who do you have ranked higher this week, Heath? Russ or Gino? Oh, I'm starting. I said, I said I'm starting Russell this week, but I, okay. not because I trust him. And I think that you guys, like, if he has a bad game on Thursday night, it'd be one good game in four and five. Sure. And, and nah, he won't be in anybody, anybody's circle of trust. All so right, how if about he's, in, uh, he's on the edge? Let me give you so three you're more. Thinking more of like what circle of trust? Like it, it's a true marriage. Like it's supposed to be permanent. You're supposed to stay in this, you know, till death do you part. You're you're taking that circle a lot more seriously than I'm, I'm saying. If somebody is one bad game away from not being in the circle of trust, then they're not firmly in the circle of trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, and like, I'm saying that he's in the circle of trust right now. If Joe Burrow has a bad game this week, I think everybody's still going to think he's in the circle of trust. Agreed. If Russell Wilson does, that's not the case. Okay. Yeah, especially with the Chargers the following week. All right, let me give you three. Please let me give you three more. Hold on, Adam. Which (laughs) definition do you like better? Do you like Heath's definition better, where if they're one game away, they don't go in the circle of trust? Or right now, present day, how we feel about them, are they in the circle of trust? Uh, I think it's got to be more than than a one-week leash. I, I think I like Heath's. Okay, yeah. I, I, I will adjust. How about, what if we say, if you have this player, you're not looking to upgrade at that position. You're not actively looking to upgrade at that position. Is that fair? It feels about the same as Heath's definition. Okay. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, are they in the circle of trust? Mm. So, on my definition which I'm going to ditch after this comment, I would say that Cousins is in. But if Cousins is another bad game, then yeah, he's he. I don't think he qualifies on Heath's circle of trust. I would definition. put none of these guys in the circle of trust. I don't want to start Carr this week. I'm okay starting Cousins and Lawrence this week. But they, they have, it's, it's just a this week discussion for all three of those guys. They're going to go in and out of my top 12 depending on the, the opponent that week. I, I like. I mean, I I like them, Carr and Cousins in particular, because they are throwing a lot. And I mentioned this on Monday. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison have one carry inside the five yard line. The Vikings have changed their identity. He's still learning a new system. Um, I think they're in my circle of trust. Like I just, I, I don't think I'm going the Mariota, Geno Smith, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. I think I'm just satisfied with Carr and Cousins. I'm not sure about Lawrence. Lawrence is border is borderline, but uh, those guys. Lawrence I mean, could make it. He could get in there. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think they're going to be great every time. week, but Carr and Cousins. But I, I feel like I trust them enough to be my starting quarterback in a low end starter sort of sense. So those guys are in your circle of trust. Is Russ in your circle of yeah. trust too, Adam? Yeah. Okay. It's a shallowish position, you know. So it's like it uh, is, but. Gaining trust is well. It's important. not a shallow position if you put all these guys in your circle of trust. No, I don't. Th- I still think probably gonna be less than twelve. Oh no! You no, gotta go ahead and all put these guys that we're talking Mahomes about. Mahomes and Allen and Cuds. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. there were there's five I didn't put in. Right. There's five I didn't even ask about. Uh, Allen. Use hold on. Six. Use Heath's definition. If Derek Carr is a bad game this week against Kansas City, is well, he still? Do you want to start Derek Carr this week at Kansas City? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, that's fine. That's weird. 
that's fine. What's wrong with you, that? If, the if Chiefs are so, the not, Chiefs are so good. He, I can't start Derek Carr. If he does not play well, then is he out of your circle of trust? No. Okay. Derek Carr does not have. So a great your circle of trust of is like the size of America. Head very well. My circle of trust is, I would say, most of the guys that were in it at the start of the year, minus Matthew Stafford, minus, I don't think I trust Trey Lance. Um, is Aaron Rodgers in your no, circle? No, Aaron Rodgers is not in my circle of trust because he just doesn't okay, throw so enough. Okay, so now we're getting, okay. I'm, I'm, I think we have three different different definitions and views of the circle of well, trust. I, excuse me. I, no, I haven't done a lot of week five research yet. But three quarterbacks oh, okay. have scored 23 or more fantasy points against the Chiefs. They are giving up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Matt Ryan had a 105.9 passer rating against the Kansas City Chiefs. What am I missing here that I'm sitting Derek Carr this week? Uh, he's scared of Arrowhead. Uh, whatever. He's got Devontae Adams now. Is it making a huge difference for him? A huge difference. I think there's sizable risk with Carr. Um, I just I think it's as simple as that. I don't think that it's a slam dunk that he's getting you 22 to 25. When you say it's making a huge difference for Derek Carr having him, he's QB 13 imagine right now. Imagine what 19 fantasy points a game. First, QB 13 is higher than what he usually finishes as, first of all. And imagine where he would be right now if he did not have Devontae Adams. I mean, it's obvious. I know that game. it's not showing up in the results, but that's why he's still in my circle of trust. I like the things we're seeing from Derek Carr. They throw the ball a ton. He's, you know, he's getting easy completions now to Jacobs. He's, he's always had a touchdown problem. Adams is a, a stud in the end zone and in the red zone. You know, Waller almost touched down last week. I, I think better times are ahead for Derek Carr, and I don't think the Chiefs defense is, is going to stand in his way. And he's finished 14th each of the past two seasons. Per game? No, he's more in the 18, game. 17, 18 range per game. And I'm guessing, you know, he's only played, there's been no bye week, so I'm guessing he's pretty close per game to where he is right now. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's finish up here. How about Kyler Murray? Is he in your circle of trust? Yes. He is, but he is, um, he's me, like there's a, the circle's got an inner and outer range, and, and he's definitely <laughs> meandering towards the, the outer edge He's on the outer banks of the circle of trust. By the way, it's, Derek Carr scored 23 or more fantasy points in two of his first three games, and he just faced Denver. Denver makes a lot of people look, a lot of people in the passing game look really bad. You should buy low players after they face Denver, but not Matt Ryan. You don't buy low on him after Thursday. Um, um, all right. So, how about Stafford and Rodgers? In or out? No, no, no. I could. I, I won't make the case for Rodgers. On my definition, he's in. On Heath's definition, I understand why he wouldn't be in. Still playing very well. Very, right. pretty he's well. Playing well, and I think I think he's going to end up being better than he has been once he gets his receivers even more acclimated and they hold on to the football when they score. He, he, he was a Romeo Dobbs bobble away from having a huge game. Yeah, that would have been another eight points under his belt last week. I, I have never heard such glowing reviews of a bunch of quarterbacks averaging 15 to 19 fantasy points per game. <laughs> but that's, I mean, look, I can't just look at what's happened in the first four games. Agreed. And not, You've move like, I mean, otherwise, why would we have a show? Why would we have a show? You know, I mean, that, that's, we're trying to find the, sound like we're, Seinfeld? we're trying to find the light here, Heath, you know, like you're get out of the darkness, Heath Cummings. Are we only doing quarterbacks for the circle of trust? <laughs> that's the thing. There's no way we're getting to uh, every position, but. 
Are there any other quarterbacks in the circle of trust? Goff, Smith, Carson Wentz. Yeah, right. Saints quarterbacks, Mariota. How about Dak and Tua when they're healthy? Would you put them in? You know, who's in your circle? No, I think Dak is is going to quickly get back in the circle of trust if he looks good in his first or second start back. I think yep. Tua might take a little longer yep. to get in there. Okay. Um. All right, Dave. Let's talk about Miller Lite. Tomorrow night is football hey. time, and that means it's Miller time. For many of you, every Sunday is Miller time. Miller time means good friends, great beer, and football all Sunday long. Dave, I know you're going to going to chill on your couch and watch a little football on Thursday night. It's Miller time, baby. Absolutely. And, you know, I've got to watch my calories. I'm not exactly the most fit guy in the world. I'm not jogging two miles every day <laughs> like Heath is. So I've got to conserve what I put into my body, and I'm not saying that – you know, Miller Lite's going to help you lose weight and all that stuff. No, but it's low on calories, great on taste, easy to just chill with and just enjoy a nice beer while you're watching the football games. And football season brings back the big hits, so reach for the biggest hit of them all, Miller Lite. You can find Miller Lite pretty much everywhere beer is sold, or if you want to be lazy and just get delivered. Uh, not lazy. You, if you, you, you want to save time and get it delivered. I get Miller everything. Light has entered the circle of trust. I get everything delivered. Uh, go to MillerLite.com slash FFT. MillerLite.com slash FFT for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. All right, running back circle of trust. We've got breaking news. Oh, what do we got? Oh. Blake Bortles has retired. Okay, okay let's, uh, <laughs> let's stop this podcast. And uh, what do you think? Five, ten minutes of notes, and then we'll do a two-hour show yeah sure uh Mike Bortles not in the circle of trust is Joe Mixon in the he's, circle he's in of the trust? country club lounge of trust yes Joe Mixon is in the circle of trust all right and we won't expand on that he also his head coach trusts him quite a bit uh Devin Singletary let's talk about the AFC East Devin Singletary with four catches last week nine catches in week three Brees Hall gaining a bigger role both Patriots running backs. How many of them are in the running back circle of trust? Can we take them one at a time? Devin Singletary. Put Brees Hall right in the center. Yeah, Brees Hall has earned it. Ooh, already. Okay. He's in there. I don't see why fantasy managers would be nervous starting him now. He's been trending in the right direction now for two, if not three straight weeks. Looks great with the ball. And the Jets did a nice job finding ways to get him involved last week in Zach Wilson's first game. So I'm good with Brees Hall. You, you know how we put Kyler over there on the edge by the, the little Daves? <laughs> if we could put uh, Devin Singletary on the other side of the Daves, and they are marching towards each other. Like, Devin Singletary is so close to being in the circle of trust. One more week with that pass volume, then I would put him in. But right, right there. I think it's happening. Right there. I think it's happening with the pass volume from last week because James Cook isn't getting it done. And Zach Moss is Zach Moss. And Singletary hasn't done anything to warrant losing playing time. I think he's a must-start number two fantasy running back. It's wonderful, too, because like you, you, we've seen it from him before. We've seen him flash before. And we're like, where's this guy all year? Why, why are we only getting this for you know four or six or seven games at a time? Yeah. Now it looks like the Bills have committed. I hope They've so. Committed to Devin Singletary. I love it. I'm still nervous. I, I guess I just want to see it one more time. Plus, here are the Bills carries inside the five yard line. Josh Allen has six. Devin Singletary has one, and nobody else has any more. 
Um, so yeah, no, but the catches help make up for it, and the playing yeah. time is good. Like he's in a good situation relative to what it has been slash could have been. All right, Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson? By Dave's definition, yes, because they're both top 20 running backs for me this week. By my definition, no, because as soon as they're not playing the Lions, I'm not going to want to start them. <laughs> Did we, are we not giving them enough credit, right. though? And they've had, it's, they've it's had good years. It's not about credit. Is, is it about credit or is it about something else? Because with Harris, it feels like if he doesn't score, you're going to be disappointed. And it's probably the same thing with Stevenson. Harris has scored 12.6 or more PPR fantasy points in three of four games. He's actually scored more, basically the same, but slightly more half PPR fantasy points than Brees Hall. Um, but Brees Hall's right in the center of your circle of trust, and Damian Harris is barely in it, if in it at all. Brees Hall is a superstar talent who is trending towards more touches and looks like he just took over as the feature back with 17 carries and six targets last week and could legitimately be a top five running back. Um, Mm, Harris is going to share with Stevenson for most of the year, unless one of them gets hurt and has produced more of his fantasy points on touchdowns, which aren't a stable. Do we have an average rushing yards per game or even total yards per game for Damian Harris? 273 divided by four is 68. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying that I like Damian Harris better than Brees Hall. I get it. I'm just saying that we've probably underestimated him a little bit. He continues to come through. I never really recommend starting him. He was started in 36% of leagues in week four, and he scored 15.4 fantasy points, and he's like a top 16 running back in every format. But it's not about what they've done. I know, Heath. It, it's about it what isn't. they're going to do. You got to get out of the light and see the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. Uh, he's 18th, by the way, in PPR. But he did it last That's year too. Surprising. So I I, I don't know. Um, I don't really it's trust a, it's him. It's a discussion you could table after this week because I think people will feel good about Damian Harris and to a degree Ramondre Stevenson because of the matchup this week against the Lions. How about AJ Dillon? Is AJ Dillon in your circle of trust? It's a tougher no. one. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's a must-start fantasy running back. Deeper leagues like 14 plus and you're starting two flexes or something like that. Yeah. He's going to make it, but we've seen, we've seen the floor for him. Like last week, I think it, it, four quarters plus overtime. I think he had 18 touches, 17 or 18 touches. And he only got you. He didn't even get you 10 PPR points. Yeah. In fact, I don't think he's gotten you 10 PPR points in three straight weeks. You know, what's missing touchdowns and catches. Yeah. The things we wanted from from him. I mean, especially right. the touchdowns. So, like, he's, he's, he's also he's, not running he's, well. He's got the Damian Harris floor these days. Yeah, but he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry. He hasn't broken off a big run yet. I, if you believe in A.J. Dillon as a better player, because look at their schedule. Giants, Jets, Washington, Bills, Detroit. Those are the next five games. Four of them Yummy. are very favorable for him. If yes. he keeps getting 15 touches a game, you would yeah, think. Eventually, it's going to happen. You would think, right? You, well, you sure. have to wonder if maybe they just give more of those touches back to Aaron Jones since he's been so much better. Maybe. All right, how about Clyde Edwards? Or they let Aaron Rodgers throw a little bit more because it's Aaron Rodgers. Let's do a few more here. Clyde Edwards, Elair, is he in your circle of trust? Tem- temporarily. I think he summed it up nicely. Okay. 
<laughs> You're going to continue to use him until he breaks down or gets back in the doghouse with Andy Reid. I've got a research job for you, Adam. Oh, okay. Damian Harris scored more rushing touchdowns than PPR fantasy points per game last year. <laughs> when was the last time somebody's done that? Oh, that Pro- probably the Garrett Blunt, Mark Ingram, maybe a few years ago. No, because he had those receiving touchdowns. What was Eckler's PPR average last year? Was it more than twenty? Oh yeah, and it wasn't all rushing touchdowns for right. him. Just oh, rushing touchdowns. Fair. You're saying that's a good one. The yeah. Garrett Blunt is James probably Connor? the answer. James Connor was higher. Than oh, that. James Connor. Um, yeah, that's a good question. All right. Anyway, uh, tell me if these guys, any of these guys, are in your circle of trust. Ready? J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Najee Harris, Damian Pierce, James Robinson. Yes, some of those are in the circle of trust. Okay, great. Let's start with Pierce. <laughs> he's in. He's not playing passing downs for the Texans, but he's got every other role. Hopefully, uh, you know, he had that fumble late last week. We don't know where exactly he stands, but I still think he's going to be their best running back, and their offensive line's moving people. So I'm good with Damian Pierce as a must-start. I'm good with James Robinson as a must-start. I'm, uh, I'm, I guess I'm okay with J.K. Dobbins as a must-start, too. As for Najee, struggling to get good fantasy production. There's no question about it. And um, I I think he could be one of those guys that could be one or two more games away from being out. So by Heath Cummings' definition, Najee is not in the circle of trust. That is true. Najee is not in the circle of trust. Um, And he's not even in the circle of trust this week. Yeah, no, not against Buffalo. It's hard to um, hard to like. Him. I would put James Robinson on the on the on the wall. Um, he's in the circle of trust, but straddling it. Um, I would agree with Dave on um, who was the first one? Pierce, Damian Pierce, and the Kareem Hunt and T- P- Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Dave's, we haven't even talked about Hunt. Hunt's, Hunt's not in. Hunt's um, not in. Pierce, I would say, is definitely in and non PPR and really questionable in full PPR. It's really hard to have two running backs on the same team in the COT. Yeah. How about how about Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders? Josh Jacobs, yes. Miles Sanders? Jacobs, Jacobs has earned it. Sanders has earned it. They like him. Sirianni loves him, it seems. I think Sanders oh. has to be in there. He does. He's just he's playing too well. He's got too big of a role. Melvin Gordon, man. It's, it could go so many directions. Uh, not in? Not in that circle of trust? What direction does a 29-year-old running back with fumbling issues figure to go in? I don't know if I believe the fumbling issues. I mean, that's the thing. Four fumbles this year. I know, that's but that's really so random, weird. Though. It's so weird. I think Javante Williams is putting something slick on the football to get more carries. He was sabotaging Melvin Gordon. Knee cartilage? Uh, all right, that's it. Alvin Kamara, circle of trust? Yeah, for now. All right, you guys sound very enthused about that. Let's, well, it would help if he would play. Let's start there. All right, we're going to have to table uh, tight ends and wide receivers for another day. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about the Colts and the Broncos. We will definitely get to Fantasy Cops. we got to finally wrap up this Alvin Kamara controversy. I don't think I've heard Heath weigh in on it. I feel like he's going to kick some people out of some leagues. And uh, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. 
If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, Thursday Night Football, Dave. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Colts at Broncos. Stat of the game. More than one-third of NFL teams have a nickname that starts with the letter B or letter C, including the Broncos and Colts. That's pretty weird. There's 12 out of 32 that are Bs or Cs. Stat of the game number two. All four quarterbacks who have faced the Colts so far, Davis Mills, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, they've all scored 17 to 22 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Uh, three of them threw two touchdown passes, but still didn't score more than 22 points. And the Colts are not giving up a lot of big plays. They have allowed just five pass plays of 25-plus yards, fifth fewest in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Broncos have the second most pass plays of 20-plus yards and the second most pass plays of 25-plus yards. So it could come down to some big plays in this game. Can the Broncos make them? How do you feel about Russell Wilson, Dave Richard? I think he's a start. I think he could end up passing. It'll be more than last week. It could be in the neighborhood of 33 times, something like that against Indianapolis. And it's not an easy matchup like you've talked about. But I do believe they're going to have a hard time running the football, especially with DeForest Buckner back for Indianapolis. And it's it's going to lead to opportunities. And I think the Colts know that, or the Broncos rather, know that they've got to get a third person involved. They've got to, they've got to, obviously Sutton's going to get his targets, but he's going to see a lot of Stefan Gilmore. That's a tough matchup for Sutton. I'm still starting Sutton, but I wouldn't have the same expectations as what he's done lately. Judy's going to get the slot. I like that matchup for Judy. I think he can be okay there, but it is a Colts defense that doesn't allow big plays. Judy's kind of lived and feasted on the big play this year. So Russ is going to need to find that third person and he's going to need to keep up this running. I think he does both of those things, and that makes him a low-end starter for me this week. All right, Heath, would you start Russell Wilson or anyone on the waiver wire? Russell Wilson over everyone on the waiver wire. The only guy who you might have on your roster with Russell Wilson that I would start over him would be Kirk Cousins, but it's close enough that I think I wouldn't make a strong argument. I think there's significant downside for Wilson, but there's not any quarterbacks that um, are available in the waiver wire that I want to start over. Right. If the Colts can take away the big plays, I don't believe that this Broncos offense is going to have a bunch of 8-10 to 10 play drives where they march down the field and score yeah. touchdowns. Okay, we're going to sit Matt Ryan. He's outside the top 20 for everybody, and we'll go to the running backs now. And this is the big question mark here. <laughs> If Jonathan Taylor plays, do you hesitate at all to start him? The the Broncos' run defense has been awful, but they don't see a lot of carries against them. They are a very slow-paced team. They don't see a lot of plays run against them. You can't you can't sit Jonathan Taylor. 
It's, I mean, like, I don't think he's going to set the AFC record for most rushing yards in a game. <laughs> but um, if he does, I'm sure we'll get live cut ins in all the other games that are happening. You're like an expert sports. troll. You are, I got to get, you're one of the best. You're really one of the best trolls. Very good. Um, but I, you're not sitting, Jonathan all right. Taylor. All right, it just, you know, if there were ever a time to sit Jonathan Taylor, it would be on a short week with an injury where he hasn't really been yep. playing well, but at right. least the matchup's good. But okay, sit, start Taylor. What if he doesn't play? Where would you rank Naeem Hines? And Dave, would you be interested in any other Colts running back if Taylor's out? Definitely uninterested in any other Colts running back. I would be barely interested in Hines in non-PPR leagues, but in half and full PPR leagues, I could see him being more involved there through the air. And that gives him a decent floor of maybe 10, 12 PPR points. So it's it's really coming down to that. Like full PPR, maybe even a low-end starter. Just because I figure that he's going to pick up a lot of work through the passing game if there is no Jonathan Taylor. And the Colts will learn pretty quickly that Philip Lindsay, Deion Jackson, and Hines himself won't be able to run effectively against Denver. Well, everyone's running effectively against Denver. Yeah, but the Colts aren't running effectively against anybody. Yeah, it's true. Uh, all right, so then let's say Jonathan Taylor's out. Would you start Naeem Hines or Melvin Gordon? I had Hines higher in PPR, but now with the news that Latavius Murray's unlikely to be ready and the, the little offensive coordinator quote about obviously Melvin Gordon's going to lead the way it's definitely Gordon and non PPR over Hines and full PPR. I'm going to go Gordon as well. They're both yeah. borderline number two running backs, low end options. Um, but you're probably starting both. They're both flexes. I think that's the best way to put it. And I would start Melvin ahead of Hines. Would you guys start They're J- back to back for me in PPR JK Dobbins against the Bengals or, or Dobbins, Melvin yes. Gordon. Uh, okay. I'd start both of these backs over Dobbins. Wow. I'd do the opposite. Devin Singletary against Pittsburgh or Melvin Gordon. Singletary. Definitely Singletary. Um, how about James Conner against the Eagles? Still Conner. Uh, both backs on Thursday night. Oh, okay. All right. And how about a Thursday night? And Okay, so obviously when, when he says both backs on Thursday night, he is talking about Naheem Hines in the event that Jonathan Taylor does not play. You're not going to – probably not going to start Hines if Taylor the does The starting play. running back for both teams. Sure. Uh, but obviously, Taylor would be ranked much higher than Hines uh, yes. if Taylor plays. Oh, yeah. Now, Duh. wide receivers here. Everyone's going to start Cortland Sutton, I'm sure. What about Judy and Pittman? And I, I think you do have to wonder if Pittman's going to get shadowed by Patrick Sertan, who has been a shadower this year. And he did give up a lot of yards to Devontae Adams last week. Did a great job on DK Metcalf. But anyway, with Judy and Pittman, Heath, do you like them? I am starting Pittman as a number two wide receiver. A little bit nervous. Like him better in PPR than in non, but I still think I expect the volume to bounce back. Um, so ahead of for me the the Seahawks, ahead of Deontay Johnson, um, ahead of Josh Reynolds, those kind of guys. Judy, I'm a little bit more nervous about just because he has been so big play dependent. He's more in the Gabe Davis range for me of uh, low end boom bust number three wide receiver. I agree with that on Judy. The one thing that I do like about Judy is that when he does play against cover three defenses, and that's what the Colts specialize in, it's the Gus Bradley way. He's got an 88% catch rate and he's averaging 14.2 yards per catch. Hmm. Interesting. That's this year or this over year. a period? This, this year? year. Okay. I wonder how many plays that is. It's a lot, actually. 
I can give you the exact number if you want. Okay, and on the other side of the ball, you know, mentioned Pierce. You know, Pittman is just like probably a little lower than you'd expect. Um, although for Dave, Pittman is tenth in full PPR, seventeenth in non. Yeah, I'm not getting away from him. All right, Denver allows the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I don't know if it's a shadow situation or not, but not it probably will be. But it's also if there's no Jonathan Taylor. I mean, what are the Colts going to do? Struggle. Of course, they're going to throw the ball. <laughs> they're going to find ways to get. But they the threw, ball. How many times did they throw it last week? That's a fair point. They threw How'd it. They do? Did they win that game? 37 times last week. I'm sure it's going to be a focal point to try and get Pittman involved. I don't know. In PPR, it's easier to start him. There's certainly a chance he's inefficient against Sertan. Two more questions. Any interest in a tight end in this game? Uh, there are a lot of tight ends that I want to stash this week. Okuwe Bunam would be at the bottom of that list. But I don't mind him in a single-game DFS. And how about uh, the DST? And we might as well. Hold on. I'm sorry, Adam. We might as well say the exact same thing about Mo Cox. Okay. Like If you want to stash him for a week, it's fine. If you want to use him in DFS, that's cool, too. Once again, if the Colts don't have Jonathan Taylor, what do you expect them to do? Mo Cox is, is like <laughs> a slower Gronk. Not score. Yeah, okay. I mean. But they're going to complete what, passes. This is what you do against the Broncos. You run the ball, and. They're going to struggle if they have to pass. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they're going to have to throw they're going to throw somebody. Yeah. I mean, Allie Cox could end up being five for 50. So I, I like him better than Oku Webunam if, if, if I have to stash one of these tight ends. No, you don't. I, I promise you don't have to stash one of these I tight ends. I know I don't have to. Denver no. DST, just start them. All right, and that's it for Thursday Night Football. No, 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 no. Should we do the most traded list or the fantasy cops? Cops, 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 okay. cops, cops. Before cops, I do that, cops. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but I got caught up in an argument earlier, and now I'm the super high guy on Derek Carr, and I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and I hate that. <laughs> I feel like my reputation is dependent on Derek Carr's performance this week and going forward, and I never intended it for, to be that way. I guess I'm higher on him than David Heathar, but I don't want to come off as the guy who's just telling you to go trade for Derek Carr in every league. I think he's going to be a low-end starter rest of season that you're going to be okay with. Real quick on the cover three, Judy thing, he's run more routes against cover three than cover one or cover two. Uh, tied with cover one for the most snaps this season at 116. Okay. So we've seen it a lot. Okay. Cops, 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 cops. Is that the new theme song? No. That's the theme There we song. go. It's time for the Fantasy Cops. We've been talking about this Alvin Kamara situation for a while. We'll get some more perspective on it. Uh, from other people, and and here's some other fantasy cop situations. All right, first one is from Tanner B. Tanner says, I'm the commissioner of a league where everyone is on the West Coast, and like Dan Schneier, who mentioned this earlier, I hate to see any roster spot end up empty or filled with a player that's been ruled out, even if I'm playing against that person. I got up in time to text the Camara manager that he was out but checked back 10 minutes before the game and saw no movement. I looked at his team, and I noticed that he only had one other healthy running back to put in, and it was Mark Ingram. This guy works late on Saturdays, and I knew if he was awake, it would have been a no-brainer to put Ingram in, so I did it myself five minutes before game time, and I explained the situation to my league. A few guys, including, of course, this manager's opponent, were up in arms with what I did and said that it doesn't matter what he would have done. The, the manager has to do it himself. Luckily, things cooled off when Ingram had a subpar game. But what do you guys think? Was I in the wrong? How do you think the Buffalo Bills would feel 
if when when they take on the Steelers this week, Bill Belichick comes up with the game plan for for the Steelers. Do you think they'd be cool with that? Do you think they'd be okay with Bill Belichick? I mean, it's the Bills, so maybe they would. They're really good, but I, I think they'd object. It's it's great that you're a nice guy, and having a nice, friendly commissioner is always a plus in any fantasy league. Agreed. But you got to let managers manage. You got you can't you can't do stuff like this. It's it's way out of line. What what's going to happen next week when somebody's out and you don't notice that they didn't replace them, and they say, "Well, why didn't you fix it for me?" Oh, well, it's it's why, it's got to be a London for that guy. It's got to be a right. London situation. You what's fixed that? it for Adam, but you won't fix it for Heath. What the hell? Yeah, no, yeah. you have to be consistent. You do have, as the commissioner. That is a, a a can of worms that you're opening. You have to be consistent. But Heath, any leeway at all for a Alvin Kamara manager who is on the West Coast or whatever and did not wake up in time, didn't see it, and wants to make a change before the, the next slate of games? The one exception I would make is that if um, you noticed it, but it was after the deadline to set your lineup, but before the time that the game kicked off, and you had commissioner access and were able to go in and make the swap for yourself. So that's what, about like a five-minute window? That's, that's what happened with Dave in the auction league. But it was totally oh, that's legal. And yeah. if I wasn't yeah. the commissioner, I would have gone to the commissioner before the game kicked off and said, hey, yep. do you mind if I yep. pull Kamara? And the commissioner would have said, okay, that's fine. The game hasn't started yet. Okay. Commissioner might even let it go. if uh, The Vikings had the ball first, if I recall. So like even before yes. the Saints even take the field, sure. I might even allow something like that. So that would be after Ooh, technically the game no. starts. Oh, I don't Maybe know. I would allow that. But Heath, let me run this one past you. Mm-hmm. Let's say I was the fantasy manager on the West Coast that had Kamara, and I reached out to the commissioner and my opponent that week and said, hey, look, I, I think Kamara's playing, but just in case he doesn't, I'm, I would like to have this guy in, and I'm going to be sleeping. Could you allow this to happen, or do you, are you going to force me to wake up to make the change myself? Um, but I'm, I'm putting it in writing that if, I'm, if Kamara's out, I want to start player X on my bench. Do you allow that, or do I, you force I love the manager that, Dave. to do it? I think that's great. I totally allow that. Heath, what about you? I know you, you didn't make, ask me. But. You can make moves by proxy, sure. Yeah, but okay. I think you have to announce it to the whole league. I'm fine with that, too. Okay, but so listen. Preferably notarized. Let's go to this next one, because it's similar. From Chris, after hearing feedback on the Camara situation, I wanted to offer a potential solution that we use in my league. It's a fun dynasty league between college friends, but we don't play for money. And we learned early on that the fantasy football part is secondary to regular life. So we implemented an injury depth chart slash substitution rule so we didn't always have to be checking our teams in the lead up to games. Basically, you can set a depth chart anytime before the lineups lock via email or text on the league threads. And if a starter is a last-minute inactive or gets injured in warm-ups or any time before the end of the first half and doesn't return in the second Ooh. half... Oh, I like this until then. You can request the commissioner to sub in the next guy up on your depth chart. It works fairly well for us. It's not abused or even necessary all that often, but when it's needed and it's beneficial, it is beneficial. And I've wondered why this type of thing never caught on with other fantasy managers. I... I... This sounds like a lot of work, um, and so I'd probably be out on doing it. But if the whole like this is an, a, a neat wrinkle, I think the whole league likes it, and you've got a depth chart. And if somebody gets hurt, you get to put on like NFL teams don't just have to play without a right. left guard if they lose their left guard. <laughs> exactly, that was so, that was his point. 
I, I have no I have no problem with this at all. I'm probably not going to do it in any of my leagues because it does sound like a lot of work. Okay, fair enough. Next up. Well, I don't like that you can automatically have somebody come in if a player gets hurt in like the second quarter. I don't that, like that, that either, but if your whole league is fine with it, then that's fine, whatever. I guess. I, I just I wouldn't want that. From Matt but in Australia. Have having a deeper roster? Yeah. Then play best ball. Wait. Matt from Australia. Do not play best ball over regular fantasy. In addition to fine, but not over. Uh, not to pile on the debate about early morning inactives, but on behalf of fantasy football managers in Australia, are people on the West Coast of the U.S. really complaining about waking up at 6.30 a.m. to check their lineups for three games per season? The 1 p.m. kickoff game started 3 a.m. here on a Monday morning every week, and we find a way to make it work every week without having to ask commissioners to make roster moves for us. So next time someone is complaining about waking up at 6.30 in the a.m., please spare a thought for those of us down Oi. All right. Good breaking point. news. Uh, well, who retired now? Brian Robinson has been designated to return to practice. Oh, okay. Ooh. Step forward. All right. Last one, Dave. This one was addressed specifically to Dave. Hmm. Big fantasy uh. cop scenario. Player one is a serial trader setting ridiculously bad trades for years in hopes he can catch someone slipping. Player this one. You, Adam? What? No. Is this about you? Player Razors League. Sends, uh, player one sends Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon, T.J. Hawkinson, and Josh Reynolds. Adams, Dillon, Hawkinson, and Reynolds. To player two for Pittman, Javante Williams, and Darren Waller. Player two sees the trade pending still and accepts it when Javante Williams gets injured. Player one threatens oh, no. to leave the league, bench his players, and sabotage the season if this is not vetoed and overturned. Player one has a hefty reputation for BS trades, and it finally hit him in the ASS. Who is in the... Ro- Why didn't I just say... <laughs> Did you just spell out? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm glad you did that. I always, always think... Heath, if you're wondering why I did that, I always think about the kids who are listening in the car. Because oh, there are man. plenty of them. There's no way those kids can... Sp- if they're listen- kids listening to a fantasy football podcast cannot spell ASS Well, some sure. of them, like my, my kids can't, don't know what it spells. You know, oh, the day when they learn what you're spelling is such a uh, wonderful moment. Uh, no, I don't okay. know. It's also like a scary moment. What do we do here? The guy well, accepted the me. trade after Javante Williams got hurt. <laughs> this is an easy one for me, Heath. What of do you say? Of course, it's easy. What do you do? Um, yeah, I mean, it should. You should first off, you should not leave trade offers open during games. Uh, yes, disagree. Um, second, I think it depends on what league precedent is here. Disagree. Well, you're over two. <laughs> yeah, I know you're just going to reverse the trade. Of course, but it is the guy's fault. It's so not. No, it's not the guy's fault. I, you Don't know, leave trades open during games. Fantasy managers have a lot to do. Okay, it's that your whole entire life is not fantasy. It sounds like this guy doesn't have that much to do. <laughs> he makes terrible trade offers all day long. And it's okay to leave trade offers open during game because you might be fine with it being accepted during the game. You shouldn't have to run to your league the second somebody gets hurt and and take the trade down. So I yeah, think I would, this is I terrible would reverse etiquette. The trade. Rever- of course, reverse the trade. You yeah. could ask the other team first if they want it reversed. Yeah, and if they say yes, then you reverse it, and they're going to say yes. Of course. Reverse that trade. Thank you for your Fantasy Cop submissions. You can email them at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. 
Speaking of which, we're going to end the show with some fantasy football emails. Again, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I. This is from Anonymous from an anonymous town in the USA. Dave? Larry from Lafayette, Indiana. Head-to-head PPR 10-team league. Would you trade Najee Harris for Brees Hall? Yeah, to get Brees Hall. I'd rather have Brees Hall. From Johannes, the Mark Andrews manager in my 12-team half PPR league wants to trade him. Should I trade T. Higgins, Ramondre Stevenson, and Dalton Schultz for Mark Andrews? He would still have at wide receiver, he would have Lamb, DJ Moore, and Deontay Johnson. So would you give up Higgins, Stevenson, and Schultz for Andrews? I think that's too much. It'll get it done. You'll get Andrews for, for that. Don't you want to see what Schultz is like when Dak Prescott's back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you guys would not do this? Uh, you can do it if you really want Andrews, but you're overpaying. I, I, it's too much. This is kind of what I'm talking about here. If, if uh, For the two-to-one, three-to-one, you're too thin at wide receiver if you do this trade. You know, you got to trade from a position of depth if you're giving up the two or the three to get the one. From Justin, where's he from? Uh, Boise, Idaho. Stacked at wide receiver with Devontae, Tyreek, and Mike Williams, starting in my three-receiver league. Trade one of those guys for Andrews. Do I trade Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, and Josh Jacobs for oh boy. Stephon Diggs and Alvin Kamara? No. No way. No way. No way. Do, do you like Jacobs better than Kamara? They're I'm getting not, pretty close in value. Okay. I'm not sure I prefer Diggs over Hill and Metcalf. I was, that was the next part of the question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't do it. From Max, give up Cooper Cup, Ooh. George Pickens, and Daryl Henderson. Get Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, and Tony Pollard. So it's Cup, George Pickens, and Daryl Henderson for Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, and Tony Pollard. That's a yes. I don't love it. You don't. I don't love it either. I think I like it, though. The difference between Cup and Devontae Adams is five or six points a game. What's the difference between Mike Evans and George Tony Pollard versus Pickens and Henderson? Well, I don't know if there's any difference at all between Pollard and Henderson. I think there's much more likely chance that Henderson's a starting fantasy running back than Pollard at this point. I feel like they're almost the same guy, but one of them could get hurt and miss six weeks pretty quickly. I think both of them could get hurt and miss six weeks. All right, all right, all right. Well, I think Pollard... So then it comes down to Evans versus Pickens? It's a no-brainer. Yeah, but is Evans Evans five points better per game than Pickens? Yes. So it's almost exactly the same. Pollard... I, yeah, in, this is a tough trade. In, in doing this, I just want to bring this up. Cooper Cup, since the start of 2021, has scored fewer than 16 PPR fantasy points once. Devontae Adams <laughs> has done that twice in two games with the Raiders. Uh, Cup has scored fewer than 20 PPR fantasy points four times since the start of last season. Devontae Adams has done that three times with the Raiders. Uh, it's tough. That's a tough trade. It's close. All right, from Josh in a city... In Canada, famous for smoked meat. Montreal? No idea. Dear Adam, Pac-Man, Julio, and Daniel. Well, they're Peter all. Jones. Yeah. 
unless he's talking about the, the Joneses baseball Adam Jones, then Adam and Pac-Man are a little redundant there. Normally, I don't like to start a quarterback and a running back from the same team, but I drafted Lamar and I took J.K. Dobbins in round 10. What do I do this week and rest of season? Do I start Dobbins over Jeff Wilson this week? No. Not this week, but you shouldn't be afraid to do it, especially with a team like Baltimore. I mean, you're locking up almost all the Ravens rushing numbers. Yeah. Is that bad? I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty great, actually. Last one is from Kyle in Columbus, Ohio. Where's he? Oh. Uh, should I trade Josh Jacobs and A.J. Brown for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison? Nope. I think it's way too much. A lot of no's today. Bad trades, people. All right. Thank you to Heath and Dave and Thomas Schaefer. Awesome graphics. Appreciate that, Schaefer T. We'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the uh, Fantasy Football Today podcast with Starter Sit for the AFC Homeless. See ya. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.